You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, we break down a back-to-back on the road for the Jets, including a win in Colorado and a setback in Vegas. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, a late one out in the Sin City, so let's get right to it here. Just about midnight and plenty to get to. Some good, mostly from Wednesday night in Colorado, and then some bad. Maybe a, little, a lot bad from what happened there in Vegas on Thursday night. Bit of a tough showing for the Jets, a 5-2 loss to the Red Hot Golden Knights. So let's break that one down. Joining me once again to do so, CJOB's Tyson Rewicki. Tyson, how's it going tonight? Oh, it's pretty good. I'm ready to curl up in bed, though, after that one. I mean... <laughs> well, if you're, if you're going to play till almost midnight, like, <laughs> at least put on a bit of a show, right? Like, it, the game was... 99% over about 13 minutes in. At least the overhit. Overhit, though. The overhit. That's big. Yeah. <laughs> so you got, yeah. Life's too short to bet the under. So I guess there's that to, to take out of it. Um, now four games in. Two and two for the Jets. Win, loss, win, loss so far. Can, can we make some some sweeping declarations on the season yet, Ties for the Jets? I I don't want to, but... Just watching this team is just so uninspiring at points in this season, and you and you just look at back at last season, and it's just kind of the same tendencies are just bleeding over into this season. Even with a new coaching staff, man, I the, the number one word I can think of is concerning. Really interesting. That okay? I, I look. There's there's a few things, and I I thought I might I thought I may be a little bit alone on this. And it's interesting because it's a two and two start. It's not the end of the world. You could be the Canucks right now who are just blowing leads every five seconds. I just, I caught the Canucks wild highlights before jumping on it. Poor, poor Bruce. It's not Bruce there. It is anymore in Vancouver. There's the door, Bruce. Yeah. (laughs) The door is going to come soon. But just, just looking back at at the first four games here. It's funny that that you say concerning, and that there's some some of the regular tendencies kind of still creeping into their game. There's been parts of the Jets that have been much more positive than I expected so far through four games. There's been a few parts that have been worse 
than I'd expected through four games. And I'm I'm kind of with you in a way, Tice. It's I don't know if concerning is necessarily the right word. Maybe disheartening is is what I might go with, or, or disappointing just to to a to a slight extent in that. There was a lot of optimism coming out of training camp that, you know what, everybody's saying the right things, vibes are high, team's feeling good, and there's pockets of great play. But again, so much of the issues that have plagued this team for a number of seasons now, and yes, the the head coach hasn't even spent a game behind the bench just yet, but it's starting to feel a little bit like same personnel as last year, how did you expect a ton of differences to show up in this team's play and and really evident, especially early on in the Vegas game? I mean, it, it was a complete disaster, right? Like there was nothing positive whatsoever to the Jets' play. Couldn't break out of their own zone. Couldn't get a stick on anybody in the defensive zone. Couldn't check. I mean, it doesn't matter who's in net for the Jets. They just throw a muffin to the opposing team <laughs> once a game, it seems like, and you, and you give up a backbreaker. You know, three nothing. You got a chance. Four nothing. Is it's pretty much curtains from then on in. But I, I I think the thing I feel most strongly about four games in is that if if the Jets want to be a playoff team, if they want to be a contending team, it seems like management slash ownership is hell bent on being a competitive team this year. This club needs reinforcements because the group they have right now. They've, they've got great players, but the group as a whole is not good enough to get the job done. And I felt that way going into the season. I thought, you know, maybe this team has a little bit more than, than I'm giving them credit for right at the start of the year. And, and even though it's basically a week into the year, I think I'm back onto my I'm back onto my train of thought that, you know what, if there's not ads both up front and on the back end, it, it's going to be... Maybe not as bad as last year, but it's going to be a similar result with this team on the outside looking in by 82. I agree with you 100%, but what do you do? That, like, what do you do at this point? Because, guys, if you want to move, if you want to make a move to help you up front, you're going to have to move one of your deep prospects. That's just the way it is. And I mean, hey, if, if what they're doing right now with Hanola not playing him in the NHL, does it really show you? Like, I, I'm just so confused at some of the moves made on the back end regarding these young prospects. Like, Dylan Sandberg, I, I thought he played pretty well in that game against Colorado. I think, you know, nothing special. It wasn't like he broke the door down. He was rushing end to end. I think he just played a solid game and he gets taken out today. I, I just, it kind of blows my mind. I, what, what more do we need to see out of Logan Stanley in these past couple games? I just, it's really. It's it's just mind blowing, and even watching guys like Brendan Dillon, who are supposed to be a staple in the top four, he's struggled big time this year so far. And some of those D zone coverages in the first period against Vegas, he's just—I mean, on that second goal, he's just skating to the corner for for no reason, leaving a guy out in front. I it just—if you're gonna keep—if these guys are gonna be making mistakes in the D zone constantly, and they're not bringing anything up front on for you on offense, then why isn't Billy Hanola in already? I just, I just, I just don't understand this logic. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first off, it, it sounds. I mean, we'll we'll get confirmation once 
once the coaching staff speaks after the game, but it sounds like Dylan Sandberg was a, was a health related absence to to the lineup. So okay, hopefully the the injury or whatever is alien him isn't too severe because it sounded like he was a, a game time decision like like Nikolai Ehlers was. But let yeah, let's look at some of the performances from from the players so far. And well, since you mentioned the back end, we'll we'll start there. And with the the rejigging of the D pairs. Essentially, these these past two games this week, Colorado and Vegas, to me, I don't know if you would ask for a whole lot more out of Morrissey Pionk. I, I I think they have delivered exactly what you would have hoped for. Sorry, I should say Morrissey and Paul Coffey. Now that Neil Pionk is on pace to score fifty goals, but I I think they've been I think they've been good. I I understand the Jets' logic in putting them together. I mean, one, they're your two best defensemen. And and two, you're you're in a way almost mirroring now, obviously not to the extent, but you're mirroring what Colorado does with Kale McCarr and Devin Taves. Two guys that are puck moving defensemen are under six feet, aren't going to be a physical presence out there yet. You know what? We got the puck. You're not going to be able to get it from us. And we're going to defend, you know going the other way as opposed to spending 30 seconds inside our own zone every single shift. So I think those two have been great. And and, and again, I, I've been a real big fan of Morrissey's game so far this season. So I, there's no issues with those two for me so far. You're you're bang on. I don't even necessarily, I, I, I wouldn't even say the second pair actually, Tice. I think Nate Schmidt's been pretty good this year. I, I thought he was really, really good last night against I, the Golden Knights. I, I think he's been... I think maybe he over anybody else has taken the let's activate the D motto by the Winnipeg Jets new coaching staff and has used that to his benefit the most. I, I think I've been pleasantly surprised by his level of play so far, but I, I would agree that it's been rough for Brendan Dillon and look, may, maybe it improves over the next handful of games. What's concerning to me with him is he, he I, I don't think he's moving all that good out there. And when you have defensemen like that, that are late 20s, soon to be early 30s, like that's kind of when the decline can happen a little bit. He, he didn't have a great season last year. I think a lot of people, myself included, were hopeful he'd turn it around this year. That's uh, He might be the most concerning jet out of everybody to me so far through four games because the team's he provides a different element than anyone else on the decor brings right now. And, and he's not bringing it. And he's been a bit of a, a reliability so far. And on top of that, you know, I, I saw someone mention this on Twitter. If, if Dylan DeMello was a movie for me, it would be invasion of the body snatchers through four games, because I think, I think somebody snatched Dylan DeMello's body and replaced him with somebody that that's not the guy that we've had here in Winnipeg these past couple of seasons. He's, oh man, it's been a rough go for him to start the year as well. So you're talking about two guys that this team was looking to rely upon in their top four, and they haven't given you what you're giving you. And if you've got a couple of youngsters on the back end ready to go, that costs two, three, four million dollars less. You need some reinforcements up front. It, it it seems to be a bit of an easy fix there, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. They've been reluctant to make a move so far, but I, I think as a whole, the Jets' decor hasn't been underwhelming. But there's still been two pretty big components to the group so far that have not lived up to the debilling whatsoever. Right, and and the frustrating part is that 
if these guys aren't performing, then why are they in the lineup, right? I mean, they've spent Sandberg, Canola, even Declan Chisholm, who I think is a really underrated prospect for the Jets. They've spent their time in the AHL. You know, they paid their dues. They have, they have been in the AHL for quite a long time now. And who knows if these guys are better? You know, we could we could see Sandberg yeah. and Hanola jump up into the lineup, and all of a sudden the Jets Jets zone exits. That's been one thing this season that's really it's been, been awful. It's, it's been just dismal. I some of those and this game especially. I mean, one the one that really kind of irked me was and it's kind of nitpicking because they had played very well together, but the Neil Pionk kind of dishing it back to Dave Riddich there on that fourth goal. I really didn't like that play at all because Neil Pionk dishes that back to Riddich and Riddich, I mean, he should have gotten rid of it quicker, but at the he, same time, he, he didn't, he didn't have a lot of options there. there was a yeah. Guy he also shouldn't there. have passed it to Jack Eichel, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Whereas yeah. he was covered and then for him to pass it to Neil Pionk, he would have had to curl his wrist across with the goalie stick and, I don't know if we want David Riddich making too many of those plays. Not anymore. Not anymore. No, it, it, it's been a team-wide issue for, I think, the entire season so far. Yeah, right. And so, if, only there, if only there was a D-man who was so, whose sole skill set was getting the puck out of yeah. his own line and making plays with the puck. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice to have on this team right now, hey? I, yeah, I wonder. I wonder what it would take for the Jets to make a move. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I I mean, I I speak with with Hustler every week leading up to the season. We thought there's no way they enter the year with essentially what we've seen open up so far. So I'm 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 curious what it would take to necessitate Kevin Chevrolet off to pull the trigger, open up a spot or two for one of his younger defensemen, and and yeah, see see what you got because it, even if it's the same, at, at the very least you're getting exactly. cap savings and you're and you're bringing. In, in theory, you're injecting some more talent up front. And and that's kind of where we'll we'll turn our attention to here. Just, you know, mention the blue line to start things off. I guess before that, impressions on Dave Riddich's first performance of the year? I, I, mean, I think he played okay. Yeah, <laughs> just, it was that nightmare first period that for me, the, the first three goals, I'm not I'm not blaming him on any of them. He's no. kind of Hunt on to drive by his team there, and then he makes a, a brain fart on the fourth goal. But he, he made some pretty big saves in the third to at, to at least give the Jets a chance to trim it to a one goal game. I thought he was okay. Yeah, he, he played he played solid. I mean, like you said, the first three goals, no, there's not much you can do there. And it was nice to see after he had a little bit of a struggle at the beginning of preseason. He had that really good game against Calgary to close out his preseason. And then a little bit of a longer layoff for him, and I thought he performed pretty admir- admirably. It's nice to see that. Uh, you could toss a guy in like David Riddich who hasn't played in quite a quite a while, and he goes in and kind of really doesn't miss a beat. I mean, five goals, five goals against stuff. Four, boy, empty netter, four. Oh right, 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 four. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I, I I have no no qualms with Dave Riddich this game. He was medium save Dave today. Yeah. <laughs> big save. He wasn't quite big save. He was medium save Dave. He could have yeah. used some help from the guys in front of him, no doubt. Um. So we'll shift our attention, like I mentioned, to the forwards here, maybe touch a little bit on the Colorado game. And then officially the reverse retro 2.0 jerseys were unveiled uh, across the entire NHL earlier on Thursday. So we'll get to all of that in just a sec. But quickly, let's give a shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
an official sports betting partner of the NHL, where you can be in for the season of a lifetime with a big deal on tap. Maybe you want to sprinkle some coinage on the Jets-Leafs game coming up on Saturday night because the Leafs, despite the win in Dallas, are basically as fragile as a piece of broken glass. So maybe you want to put a couple bucks on the Jets to beat the Leafs at home. Maybe make a small bit into a bigger payout as well with the same game parlay. Maybe Shifley scores. Maybe Neil Pionk continues his goal-scoring spree as well there. DraftKings can get you a big-time payout with their same game parlays as well as this deal for you. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for more details. So the forwards through four games. For me, there's been, I mean, there's been one overarching viewpoint for me. And it's kind of similar to the defense. The overarching viewpoint is, again, this team needs some additions up front. I, I think they need at least one middle six player, maybe even two. And of course, we already, just a few games into the year, get worst case scenario, a top six guy going down. And Although Mason Appleton filled in pretty admirably these past two games. But I, I just feel like if you want to compete with these other playoff teams, you need more scoring punch. And the Jets just don't have that in their bottom six right now. Um, now, having said that, stock rising, stock falling. For me, the most positive sign through four games has been Mark Shifley's game elevating to a different level. And that would be at both ends of the ice there. I think we're seeing the offense from him. I think we're seeing, at the very least, a much, much stronger commitment to defense from 55. It was a little, some shift lengths were a little iffy in Colorado. It's, you know, 90 seconds, a few too often. That'll happen against McKinnon and McCarr. But all in all, I've been I've been really, really impressed with, with Mark Shifley. And I think the top line as, as a whole, you know, with Ehlers or without Ehlers, has pretty much carried the offense for the Jets so far through four games. Yeah, and just to add on positives, I think Cole Perfetti's had a, had a really solid start to the season already too. He looks good, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah, and like like we said in our early season predictions, he's a guy that could get some definitely some Calder love this year, and he's already off to a hot start. I actually I have in mind Perfetti and Wheeler together. That's what I was gonna say. And I to if you're picking a negative on that line. Unfortunately, it's got to be Pierre Luc Dubois. I mean, I think he's played he played better these past two games than he did the first two. But it's just the same kind of – it's undisciplined play. Uh, yeah, it's that's got to stop. It was a thing – I mean, he was either at or just below 100 PIMS last year. And I think he led the league in minors. Yeah, I mean, I, and even in this one, like, they had a chance to kind of make this one a game with that power play. And, oh, that, was, that was such a dumbass penalty. Yeah, it, yeah, it was just – you have a chance to get right back in this game and you take your chance away immediately. Let Not me ask even, you this, Tyson. With how he's played so far, and yes, it's just four games, and I we we can't ring alarm bells. Are are you concerned at all that what happened in Columbus 
could potentially happen here again in Winnipeg. Well, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? I mean, like this past offseason wasn't, let's just say the Jets and Dubois didn't have the greatest offseason in terms of their ongoing relationship with the rumors regarding Montreal, him being at the draft. Hey, I just love hockey so much. I just I just want to be on the draft floor in my hometown and take this in. Like, okay, yeah, sure, man, sure. But, yeah, it's it's really concerning. And not only is it concerning for the Jets play right now, if the season doesn't go the way that things, that ownership and management wants wants the season to go, you got to think that his, if he continues playing like this, his trade value is going to take a bit of a tank as well. Yeah, is it is it concerning? I don't I don't think so. Uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like there, I'll, I'll tell you what. Before he got on the score sheet in Vegas, some and, and it was it kind of coincided with that that just brain dead penalty. My my thought was like, get your head out of your rear end. Like it, it was it, it just it felt way too uninspired and lackadaisical out there for Dubois to start the year. And then he got the goal and it's like, okay, well, let's see. And then I think, you know, he kind of slowly started to impose himself more as, as the game went along there. So, so we'll, we'll see if that kickstarts him. I'm not crazy concerned, but like a tiny little seed has been planted. We'll see if that one grows so far, but I, I do think I, when we're talking the second line, very pleasantly surprised there is, immediate chemistry between Perfetti and Wheeler. Like they, they look like they've been playing with each other for years. Uh, I think Blake Wheeler has looked strong to start the year. He's a notoriously awful starter. It usually takes them 15 games to kind of get going. I, I think this is the best start we've seen from Wheeler physically in, in, in a long time there. I, I, yeah, I didn't anticipate Dubois would be the, the question mark on that second line, you know, going into the, into the campaign, but We'll, we'll we'll see what he brings here over these next handful of games. We'll see what he does in Toronto or against Toronto Saturday night because he had that you know battle with Matthews last year. The Leafs seem to bring the best out of him. So if he's engaged against the Leafs, then we can push that aside for at least another day. <laughs> wait till um, the game. <laughs> we'll wait. Till, it's it's a what have you done for me lately, league? Well, yeah, 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 I change my opinion after after every game. <laughs> if he if he blasts Martyr into the second row, then we don't have to worry about anything. It's going to be okay. Um, the bottom six, I would say, man, is yeah. that fair? Yeah, like that. Yeah, and again, I don't. I just feel like the, I feel like there needs to be more there. I'm not. I don't even necessarily blame the guys that are on the ice. It's no. it's just. Look, I, more, I I think look I like Morgan Barron. I I I think he's a good player. I I think I think if Morgan Barron's on your fourth line, you've got a good fourth line. If he's on your third line, it's not a great third line. Um, I think Mason Appleton's been good. I think he's been better since jumping up into the top six there. Um, for me, Menelainen has been, you know, eh, I, I'm not super sold on on Menelainen as any kind of a long term answer on the fourth line there. Gagne's been. He's been timely with this scoring at the very least. And I, I think Gus has been just okay. I think Adam Lowry has been just okay as well so far. Um, but I, I just, I feel like you need, I just don't think those guys are going to be able to elevate their level of play to where they can go, you know, out there and, and produce 
as well as some of the other bottom sixes in the NHL. I think it's up to Chevy to to find a way to add a piece or two, whether it's by the waiver wire or the, or the, or the trade market, because this team, when Shifley and, and the high-end guys aren't scoring, I, I don't think the bottom six will be able to pick up the slack too often. Right, and, you, and like you said, it's hard to blame the bottom six for how they played because I think they've, and this is no disrespect that meant at all, but I think they played to their abilities. I just, compared to a lot of other bottom sixes in the league, I don't think their abilities are good enough against the high-level teams. It seems like the Jets honestly need are missing two guys in that bottom six. They need two more guys who can contribute at a decent level, at a third-line level. Yeah, like two solid third-liners, right? Really push this team over the edge in the playoff hunt, and they just don't have that. And maybe we see Brad Lambert come off after he lights the AHL on fire. Maybe a guy like, I don't know, Mikey Asimov provides a little bit of a spark in the AHL and shows that he has a little bit more scoring potential than he's already shown. But you're, you've are you got to be looking outside right now. And one guy I think the Jets missed a huge opportunity on the offseason to get is Jesse Pugliarvi. His, his yeah, advanced who, at, he's an advanced the hell at knows Charlie. <laughs> you, you, watch, you watch the eye test and there's some times where it's like, well, you know, this guy he doesn't have the greatest hockey. IQ. He's like a puppy dog out there, right? Yeah. Like he, he's, he's, you're just like, oh, it's he peed on the carpet. It's okay. He's trying his best. A guy, like, a guy like Pugliarvi with Larry could put up some crazy possession numbers. If yeah, they had, if they had a guy, another guy on that left side that could kind of produce a little bit more skill, a little bit more playmaking. I think that's that would make a great third line. But like we said, that's two players that you don't have. And how are you going to get those two players? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, and, and then you potentially need somebody on the back end as well, right? Like it's it's, it's, why, it's why that was – sorry, go ahead. I said if you make a move with one of your D-men, that's there's a hole on your defense. Yeah, right, yeah. like this This was off-season to-do list, not right. not late October. How do we find a fix here? That's, that's the difficult spot. Like, you know, just kind of getting off topic a little bit. I'm still shocked the Jets aren't in on the Jacob Chikrin talks. They're not even mentioned as one of the teams in it there. And you're, you're talking about, if you're going to give up assets, do it for for a young guy with a ton of potential, right? That doesn't make a whole lot. And, and, and Chikrin would certainly fit the bill there. I, I'm, I'm confused why the Jets have been so hesitant on that front. And and yeah, Pugliarvi, Pugliarvi seems to make almost too much sense to have him come here in Winnipeg. And, and that hasn't happened yet. I mean, may, maybe maybe Chevy's just going full-on patience, play the long game. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Someone's going to blink first, and then he makes a move, and we're all, hey, you know, eating crow for the next couple of days. But I'm not holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath too much. I, I have a question for you. If Let's say the Jets, it's similar to last season, and they barely – and they let's say barely missed the playoffs this year. And there's kind of, kind of like the same, same tendencies from last year, same kind of, same kind of vibe at the end of the year with the recent uh, extension for Chevy. How, how long do you think he lasts? First off, shut up. Secondly, <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I don't think he's on a hot seat or anything. Like I, I really don't. It, yeah. It, it does depend. I mean, I I think I I do wonder direction wise if there's total agreement between ownership and management 
if if that makes sense and and some moves are being made because ownership is is wanting to go a certain route and then maybe management feels a little bit differently I, I I don't know I mean we've just seen this team be so loyal to a fault right like I I I don't know I think it's way way too early to even get into that and right. Obviously, there's you know a lot to happen that that would lead the Jets to missing out on the playoffs there, but I I don't I'd be shocked if we saw a change in management whatsoever. I I, I really would. Um, yeah, the I, one the one thing I'm curious about is just what direction this team as a whole wants to go in moving forward. Right? Like, are we going all in? Are we trying to rebuild, reload? Are we just gonna? stay the course. Like I, I don't have a good sense of what the overall plan is so far. And you mentioned direction and that, that's kind of what got me thinking. Like if there is a, if there is another season like this, you have to, you almost have to bring in a new voice. And I wonder if that's where they haven't had one of these since they've come back to Winnipeg, but a president of hockey operations that kind of is a buffer between Chevy and the ownership group. I just feel like there needs to be, kind of a new voice that brings in and just brings something different to that group. And maybe that's what the Jets are doing, punting. Maybe they're like, you know, we hold on, hold on. Are you like like maybe this person could like be from a small town in a Canadian oh, province somewhere and that's that's just what I that's just what I was getting at. Where maybe maybe, maybe a, a prince of a prince of sorts. Maybe <laughs> maybe a, a legendary head coach at the NHL level. Interesting. Very that's exactly very what I'm thinking. And maybe we maybe it's uh, thinking, hey, let's let's see what we got this year, and then let's bring in the big gun, and let's let him let's let's let him watch this team from afar, not have all that all that inside noise on him, and let's let him kind of evaluate this team on his own, and then bring in Mister. Mr. Barry Trotson and see what uh see what he has to say in this offseason. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I'm just spitballing here, but I think that there there might be a possibility there. You know, I wondered I wondered how it would go bringing you on full time and here we are a week into the season and you're already talking about Barry Trotz being the <laughs> <laughs> the president of hockey ops and every, every <laughs> this entire organization needs a jolt like that. That's just you're funny. You're you're funny. I I, I if you want to bury Trot's prediction from me, I, I don't know if he's gonna be able to do the president of hockey ops job while he's uh while he's the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I don't know if he's gonna be allowed to do both of those. I there's something there is something fishy going on in Toronto right now. It's I actually just I, this was just kind of a, a, a cool tidbit. Do you know that Kyle Dubas has only ever hired Sheldon Keefe as a coach anywhere he's been? <laughs> that's crazy. GM of of Sault Ste. Marie. That's where Keefe got his start. Dubas gets hired by the uh, the Leafs. GM of the Marlies hires Keefe, then hires him on the Leafs as well. He has never hired any other coach than Sheldon Keefe, and he's never fired. A coach before either, so it's just. But I, yeah, just there, there's something weird going on in Toronto right now. I, I, I'm sure a lot of Jets fans are happy with that, but I, I do wonder if in this season that is basically going to determine the the fate of the franchise if they don't give a call to Barry Trotz, if the team's sputtering here and say, "Hey Barry, you know, you know how to get the job done. How about how how, how does ten mil for the rest of this season sound to you? Do you want to give it a shot?" <laughs> Yeah, no, I, 
I'm still on the Barry train. I just can't. I just can't unhitch my wagon from. You can't there. quit him. <laughs> I just. I just can't quit you, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If no matter how this season went, if the Jets wanted to uh, win the goodwill of their fan base back, Brittany Barry Trotz would pretty much erase any negative feelings anybody has. So I. I uh, I'm. I'll hold out. I'll hold out hope for Barry coming back to the Jets and coming back to Manitoba. Um, that would be. It'd be awesome. That's kind of it. It'd be awesome. Um, all right, we're we're past midnight here, so let's try to wrap this one up quick. Tice, you mentioned Dylan Sandberg, his debut against Colorado. Um, I, I think for me, I I didn't notice him out there. I think that's fine, <laughs> you know, especially with how this team plays defense. Sometimes it's it's kind of it's kind of relaxing to a to an extent to know that you have a defensive out there that you don't really worry about making the uh, the big mistake every time they're out there. So I, I, I thought Samberg was was just fine against Colorado, and, and I would agree that, you know, if he was fully healthy, we would have seen him back out there against the Golden Knights on Thursday. So solid debut for Dylan Samberg at the very least. And one last note we should touch on quickly here. The reverse retro jerseys officially were released across the NHL. Thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets? I was right. My source is correct. The 90s Jets logo, but with the current color scheme for the Winnipeg Jets. What did you think? All right. That's my opinion. They're just all right. I'm kind of just sick and tired of the same color scheme every time for the jerseys. I'd like the point of the reverse reverse retro is to go back to your roots. And I would have just loved to see an Atlanta Thrashers theme jersey. Oh, you (laughs) idiot. That's it. That that's a one show suspension. You're out. We'll see you on. We'll see you on next Friday, Tice. Okay. No, but it's not the worst reverse retro jersey out of all of them. I would have liked to just see. I like the the popping colors from the '90s jerseys with the red and the and the darker blue. Yeah, there's there is no red on it, which I think is fair. But having said that, it is a reverse retro. And this is literally what a reverse retro. It's the retro yeah, but, jersey, but it's reverse because it's the current team's color scheme. So I'm like, hey, you, you ask Adidas to do something, and they do it, and everyone's like, well, just make the old jerseys, just like that. That's all people wanted. I think a lot of people see yeah. it and they're like, well, why don't you just do the old jerseys? Well, that's not what this is, right? Or else they would just bring the old jerseys back for a game. I, I apparently I'm in the minority. I'm kind of shocked to be honest. I love them. I think they're outstanding. I think they're just a shade below the heritage jerseys. I I, I think they're that good. I think I think the Jets are one of those rare teams. And again, I, I'm kind of in the minority on this. I think all of their alternate jerseys are are better than their normal ones. I agree with that. I think the heritage I think the heritage jerseys with the red pants are top three like jersey outfit combo in the entire NHL, bar none. And I, I've been a fan of of the other alternates they've thrown out there so far as well. I, I, I think it's another win. I think it's great. And I think it's I, – I think, it, to me, I like this jersey better than the white one they have currently because it would be an absolute banger for the first home game of the playoffs to see the boys come out to that. Maybe you have Van Halen's jump playing as they oh. step onto the ace too. I, I, I don't know, just spitballing here. But that, like this jersey, to be captures the whiteout essence 
more so than their current one does. I, I agree with that. And, and I wouldn't I wouldn't mind if they went with these jerseys in a home set too with these. I, I'm kinda I'm kinda done with the original jerseys. They they did they serve their purpose. They're a solid jersey. But I would just like to see a little bit of change. I like just like to see a different look there. Yeah, I think we're gonna be waiting a long time on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, it's weird. A lot of people out I don't know how Winnipeggers feel about the new jerseys. I know there's a lot of people out like, you know, hockey fans in other markets that think the Jets normal jerseys are outstanding. I, I think they're just fine, but may, and maybe it's just the nostalgia of, of the other ones. But uh, yeah, like the heritage. Yeah, I, I don't think the Jets. I think the Jets might win 70 games every year if they wore the heritage jerseys with the red pads. Um We'll see if they can kind of follow a similar pattern with these new ones. I'll be intrigued to see uh, when they make their debut and if they will be at a home game, which I hope they will be at a home game and you get a kind of a quasi whiteout midway through the season. Any other jerseys quickly, Tice, step out or, or stand out to you, good or bad? Florida's Florida's is without a doubt the best jersey. What is going on? Are you serious? You don't like, that like Am I seeing... Different jerseys than everybody else. You love blue too. I can't believe you don't like that one. Blue and red and yellow. Uh, okay, like what the hell's going on? Like, where, where's the blue come from? The blue makes no sense. It's not in any of their jerseys ever. All of Miami is infamously neon, pink, yellow, that kind of green. Oh, then all of a sudden, it's just oh, it's blue and red with a weird yellow thing in the middle, and the sticks look like golf clubs, which is what the <laughs> Panthers will be doing after round one of the playoffs once again this year. I hate the Panthers jersey, and I'm like, I, f- I feel like Mugatu, like I'm taking crazy pills because everyone's like, what a sweet jersey. It's it's so bad, it's so bad. <laughs> my my top three, my top three are number one Florida, number two Vegas. And number three, the Pooh Bear down in Boston. I, <laughs> I do that. like the Pooh Bear. I do. I, it's there's something it, it it shouldn't work. It's like really childish and stupid. But like there's just something I I don't know what it is. There's something I like about it. For me, I mean, a lot of people like the Kings one. But again, that's just like the '70s Kings jersey. Yeah, which they're great. But let's yeah, you know, they're they're cool. Um, I love the Sharks jerseys. Yeah, the, the homage to the to the California yeah. Seals. That's that's a huge huge win for me. I'm trying to think of the other ones that stand out. Poor, I mean, yeah, the the Panthers one is just it's hideous. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much, and I hate that everybody else likes it. it, it I just I I don't get it whatsoever. It is funny how teams with iconic logos or jerseys just can't get it right, right? Like Detroit and Chicago. Yeah stink yeah i i get but, what but like their normal jerseys are perfection yeah. so it's like well like i i don't even know what the right answer is for those teams to ever to ever do something the other one i'll mention too and this is since apparently i'm like jersey hot take guy now i don't like montreal's whatsoever really? I, I don't like montreal's whatsoever i get it's the i think they they didn't say it officially but it's like a, a nod to the expos yeah which is kind of cool i just think it, it just doesn't look it i just, think if, if that one's got like a full expo setup with the pants and the socks maybe yeah maybe maybe if it went full expos i could get down with it but my my hot jersey take is i don't think 
the Canadians have a top 10 jersey in the NHL. I agree with you. I've never understood why everyone loved their jersey so much. I've never understood the, like, fanatical obsession with, like, the hallowed Canadian jersey. I, I, I think it's a... I think it's a meh for me. Like, I, I yeah, I just, I, I've never seen it. Like, when you watch, when you watch Detroit, you're like, that's a, like, that's a sexy jersey. When you, I mean, even the, Toronto's is, oh, Toronto's is maybe a little bit better than Montreal, but I can at least see the appeal of, of Toronto. Um, I mean, other, like Boston, the other original six teams, I think even the Flyers, they're, they have like a, a pretty classic, iconic look. I've just never felt that way about Montreal's jerseys. I don't know what it is. I I think the Bell Center is maybe the greatest place to ever watch hockey, but their jerseys are just like and and all of them. Like all their alternates too. It just seems like they can never get a jersey right. Well, we'll cap it off there, Tice. I think I've pissed off pretty much every hockey fan possible. (laughs) (laughs) Just hey, I mean. You did the Thrashers thing, which is actually the most unforgivable sin out of out of everything that was mentioned in that entire Jersey talk. There, like, it would be kind of funny to see the Jets as a joke, like come out to that in warmups one day yeah. and just not tell anyone. And like, we're the Thrashers. Like, people would absolutely lose their minds. But um, let's let's leave the Thrashers to the to the AAA here in Winnipeg. Let's not bring that up to the to the big show. Maybe I should bring my Winnipeg Thrashers jersey and wear that out to a Jets game sometime just to see what happens. Um, but that's for another day. We'll cap off the show there though. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We'll get back at it next week, starting on Tuesday, breaking down some more jets action. Of course, the big battle Saturday night at home against the Maple Leafs. And then a fresh one as well as the homestand mini homestand continues Monday against the St. Louis blues. So that'll come up as we kick off the week next week. Until then, though, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. Thanks again to CJOB's Tyson Rewicki for stopping by. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. We'll talk to you guys on a Tuesday. Peace. <laughs>